This audio is brought to you by muslimcentral.com. Change it for you. 
coming closer to Allah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our topic is not about Qadr. We've already spoken a little bit about it in the last class. But our topic is about believing in the prophets and messengers. Anyone who does not believe in Allah's prophets and messengers, that they came to this world, number one, with a mission and a message from Allah to certain people, and only Muhammad came to the whole world. Secondly, to believe that these messengers and prophets all taught and brought the same message from Allah. Now I have to explain, there's a difference between the message and Sharia. Sharia means certain laws. Different prophets had different laws. Some were the same as others, some were a little bit different. For example, Prophet Musa, Moses, he came to the children of Israel. And they were not allowed to hunt on a Saturday. Haram. When the Prophet Muhammad came with the Quran, Allah changed that law and said, You are now allowed to hunt on a Saturday. The message is whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills and changes will be. And these messengers never change that. They all come with the same teaching and the same message of Allah. Number three, to believe that these messengers came to teach us that there is only one God worthy of worship with no partner. And to teach us about the hereafter and heaven and paradise and hellfire and day of judgment and to pray to Allah and to worship Allah Taala alone to obey Him. And how we should treat one another and kindness and manners and character. These values never change. Just the laws may be different. My brothers and sisters in Islam, these prophets and messengers, they had ranks. Some prophets had more favors than other prophets. And some were more important than others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَفَضَّلْنَا وَفَضَّلْنَا بَعْضَهُمْ عَلَىٰ We made some of them more favored than others. We gave each prophet and messenger something that the other didn't get. Then Allah gives one example. He says that Allah, minhum man Allah, some of them of the prophets, Allah subhanahu wa taala spoke to them. Allah spoke to them literally. Allah in His speech, directly, without any angel, no wahi, no wahi min jibril nothing. No intermediary. There's nothing like Allah. But if some of them, you spoke to them. So he said, some of them both speaking to them. You might be asking, hold on a minute, isn't it only Musa, isn't it only Moses and Allah spoke to? No. Musa is the only one Allah told us he spoke to. But in this other verse, Allah says, minhum man Allah, some of them Allah spoke to them. Which means many. Many of the prophets. More than one, more than two, more than three. But Allah didn't mention them to us. So you have to believe that Allah spoke to other prophets, but we just don't know who they were. What we know is he spoke to Musa in detail he speaks about in the Quran. In fact, Musa is the most 
Of all the prophets, Allah speaks about in the Quran the most. So Allah gave certain prophets more favors than others. And then we don't even know how many prophets there were. Does anyone know how many prophets and messengers Allah sent? Anyone know? How many prophets and messengers are there? A hundred? One hundred thousand? One hundred and twenty-four thousand? Messengers or prophets? Or both? Both? What's your name? Everyone's quiet on the day. It's good to ask the day. There's several hadiths about the number of prophets and messengers. Nearly all of them, nearly all of them are weak or fabricated. I've researched them all. Well, most of them, most of them, a large number. Two of them, we're not sure. Some ulama of hadith said sahih, others they said ba'if. The ones where it says Allah sent 124,000 prophets and He sent 313 messengers. Rasuls, 330. Prophets, 124,000. Some hadith say more, some less. How do we look after this problem? Well, let's look at what the Quran says. When there is a difference, an ambiguity, a doubt in the hadiths, authentic, not authentic, not sure, the ulama, not you and me decide, the ulama decide for those who research it, then they go back to the Quran because Allah says, The Quran is the last judge. No one can go beyond it. Right? These hadiths generated by Tirmidhi of Dawood, so maybe they are authentic, but here's what we know. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in several passages of the Quran that He sent many, many messengers and prophets without telling us how many. But they are more than the ones mentioned in the Quran. How many does Allah mention in the Quran? 25. 25. Messengers of Prophet Allah mentioned by name in the Quran. Some of them he told us their whole story. Some of them he said just their name with a couple of words next to it, just praising them. Right? And some of them Allah subhanahu called them Nabis, and some of them he called them Nabis and Rasul. What Allah subhanahu wa does say very important for everyone to understand, Muslim and non-Muslim, that there isn't a people that ever existed since the time of Adam till the last Prophet Muhammad means the seal of the Prophets. Not a single civilization or tribe except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent to them a Prophet, a one, a messenger. Allah says this in the Quran. I may have gotten one word wrong, but the ayah in the Quran says 
there isn't a nation or a people except that a warner had been sent to them. The warner hadith means a prophet or a messenger. So my brothers and sisters, every people receive. Now you might ask the question, what about some people who existed in the past, they never ever heard anything about these prophets or messengers or religion? I say to you, every tribe heard something, but what happened is a prophet would come to a people, then he would die, they would give birth to children, and then these children, they'll take the message, then the third generation, fifth generation, they will lose some of the message. And it will start disobeying and making up, adding to it, making some other beliefs until they became another religion. Hinduism has its origin with prophets. They believe in one God, but they added many other gods. The Sikhs have their origin in a prophet sent by God. They still believe till today in one God, one Allah, with no partners, but they added to their religion other things. The Jews got messengers and prophets, many. Actually, the Jews got the most messengers and prophets in history. The Christians, all of them, have prophets and messengers, and that's why people still together talk about God, the existence of God, angels, heaven, and hell. This didn't come from nowhere. They came from messengers and prophets from God. And you find that all these tribes and people that came from all around the world, some of them never met the other, ever. They have a belief in God. They have a belief in heaven and hell, all these things. Because Allah sent messengers and prophets. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says sometimes he would send one prophet or messenger to a people. Sometimes he would send two, three, four, five at one time. Sometimes there would be several prophets to several different tribes in the world. Twenty, thirty, Allah Allah says in the Quran, Thumma arsalna rusulana katra. Thereafter we kept sending our prophets and messengers katra. Katra means in large numbers after each other. Katra. A large number, let's say there was 10, they would die, another 10, they would be born. And then another 10, then another 20, then another 15, then another... Always, after each other. So Allah says in the Quran, وَمَا كُنَّا مُعَذِّبِينَ حَتَّى أَبْعَثَ رَسُولًا We will never punish a people until they have received what? A message. Until they have received the messenger. You might ask, like, are there people in the past who never heard at all? We say yes. The Quran is talking in general. But if there's one or two or a hundred or here and there scattered who left their civilization, there are people who migrated, refuge, ran away, lost their way, became prisoners, became slaves, whatever. There are people, civilization has been for, around for many, many years, millions of years. So some people, some tribes have never heard about the Islam of Allah, the message of Allah. And we call them Ahlul Fatra, the people who existed at a time, at a gap. A gap when there were no messages or prophets and they lost their deen. And there was a largest gap that existed from the time of Jesus Christ, of Isa alayhi salam, all the way up to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu This is the largest gap that we have. What happens to them? We say, first of all, those who received some of its message and followed it, even if it is worshipping one God, and they followed it, even though they mixed other stuff with it, they have followed the message. Others, they never heard anything. Then we say, Amruhum ilallah. Their matter is to Allah. 
There is a book called Ibn Kathir, Tafsir Ibn Kathir, and he quotes some different scholars. These are opinions from the studies, it's not for sure. They say on the Day of Judgment, these people have never heard a message before, never had the chance. Or they received the news of a message of religion, let's say the religion of Islam, wrong. You know, today there are a lot of people who hear misinformation about Islam and have got no other source. All they hear is Islam bad, Islam violent, Islam evil, Islam cousin. They keep hearing that and then they die after that. We say, to the best of the opinions, is that Amruhum illallah, the matter is to Allah SWT. Then we have the people who never heard anything, so that Ibn Kathir and other scholars, they say, Allah SWT will gather on the day of judgment these people, including the people who are crazy, who are insane, sorry, who are mentally sick, they, they were born with defects in their brain. On the day of judgment, Allah gathers them, and there will be a messenger sent from among them, and He will say to them, if you obey Allah and believe in Him, throw yourself in the fire. And if they throw themselves in the fire, Allah puts them in Jannah, if they don't, they are kuffar. Now, I'm not sure of this. However, there are several scholars who see it in Tafsir al Kafir. This is an opinion. The point is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Your Lord is not an oppressor to his slaves. He is not an oppressor to his creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not oppress. He will not wrong anyone. Allah, but your Lord, your Lord does not wrong anyone. Anyone. In a day which will be as long as 50,000 years, no one will enter hellfire until they know they deserve it. No one will enter until they know they deserve it. Everything is taken out. Until they have no more argument. To the point where Allah says they will close their mouths and their hands and feet will speak. They throw them in the fire, Ya Allah. No, no, no. Allah is hadith, is just. Allah knows where you're going to end up. But you don't. And Allah will not put a person to be tortured unless number one, they deserve it. Justice has been given to them. They've had a trial. And in the end, what does Allah say, for example, in Surah Tabarak? Allah says, so they admit their sins. They know. Allah will not put something out until they know that they deserve it. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and brothers. The difference between prophet and messenger. It's not really that important, to be honest. A lot of people have asked about it. And I've gone and done the research anyway, just in case you're interested to know. Some ulama did not make a difference between prophet and messenger. Some said they both came with a message. But some of them had it more, had a bigger responsibility than others. And some had a greater mission than others. Other ulama, other scholars are on the opinion that a prophet is a person who Allah gave them wahi, Jibreel to come to them and give them messages from God, but they weren't ordered to deliver the message. But a rasul is the wahi is given, Jibreel and they are ordered to give the message. This, my brothers and sisters, is a wrong understanding because Allah Taala said in the Quran about the Anbiya and Nabiyyin. Allah says in the Quran about the Nabiyyin that they are Rusul, they give risal, they give message. 
And it will not make sense that Allah sends a Nabi and a Nabi doesn't give da'wah, doesn't teach the people. Everybody has to teach what they know. You don't keep the message to yourself. This is haram. My brothers and sisters, some say that the Nabi is someone who comes after a Rasul and carries on what the other Rasul's laws were. Right? So, for example, Musa is a Rasul, then they said Harun is uh, a, a Rasul as well, but, well, actually, this is actually against it. Let, let me go back. Let's say, for example, that Isa uh, got Yahya, and had to follow Isa message. Harun had to follow Musa message. You've got, uh, uh, who was it, Yusha, who had to follow the message of Musa. And even that is not correct. It doesn't sit well. Why? Harun is a messenger of Rasul. And he carried out the same laws of Musa. Shouldn't Rasul have new laws? Yahya is Rasul. Why is he carrying out the message of Isa? The same laws. So, the best Allah and what I have read and understood, and this is a minor opinion, but it sits well. When you look at all the evidence, is Rasul and the Nabi both came with a message. Some of them even came with new words and new laws. But the Nabi, his people accepted him. Rasul, his people rejected him. Meaning, in general, they fought him, they rejected him, they tried to kick him out, they tried to kill him. But Anabi, the majority of his people accepted him and went with the flood. Like the Prophet Muhammad, his people fought him, Musa, Isa, Ibrahim, Isa, all of them. And the Nabi, their people accepted him. How many books did Allah send down? Five? Anyone have a different answer? Four? Eight? Third someone be that. Anyone else? How many books did Allah send down? Because you're supposed to believe in Kutubi, in Allah's revelations which He said down. How many? Four? Five? What are they? Five? Seven. What's your daddy? What's your evidence? What's your evidence is five? So same with scripture. That's what we're taught. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent many, many books and many scriptures to his prophets and messengers actually in the Quran. Because it's used in the plural form. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, however, to us the Quran, the Zabur, the Zams, the Torah, the Injil. Sukhof Ibrahim, there's also Sukhof Musa. Sukhof is different to Kutub. There were many books and scriptures sent down, except the ones we are taught and told about what's sent down were those ones, the five we were told about, including Sukhof Musa. My brothers and sisters in Islam, the final one is the Quran. Let's now, I think I'm done with that one. There's not much more to talk about, inshallah, except one more thing. 
Among the messengers and prophets, there are five elite messengers. They are called Ulul Azm. Anyone heard of that before? Ulul Azm, those who endured the most and were patient the most. They are five. Nuh, Ibrahim, Musa, Isa, Muhammad, they endured the most from their people, suffered the most, and were patient the most, and had to carry out the greatest mission beyond all the others. So now let's go back to the creation of Adam. Last week we said that Allah Ta'ala began the creation, we said a lot of things, and we talked about how Adam was created from the soil and from clay and all that. You can redo it. And then we reach the part where Allah says to the angels, He tests them, tell me the names of these things, and bow and make sajda to Adam. All of them made sajda except for Iblis. Who remembers? Was Iblis among the angels or is he a jinn? He's a jinn. What's the dalil? What's the evidence? Hmm? Illa Iblisa kana min al-jinn. Allah said in the Quran, except for Iblis, he was among the jinn. Iblis refused to bow. And now there are several passages in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the conversation. In Surah Al-A'raq, in Surah Al-Baqarah, in Surah Al-Isra'ah, many others. Let's have a look at one of them or two of them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'raq, وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَاكُمْ ثُمَّ صَوَّرْنَاكُمْ ثُمَّ قُلْنَا لِلْمَلَائِكَ تِسْجُدُوا لِآدَمَ فَسَجَدُوا إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ أَبَى إِلَّا إِبْلِيسَ يَكُمْ مِنَ السَّاجِدِينَ قَالَ مَا مَنَعَكَ أَلَّا تَسْجُدَ And then we gave you a nice face. Then we said to the angels, make sajda to Adam. So all of them immediately made sajda, except Iblis, he went one of those, he wasn't one of those who made sajda. Allah said to him, what prevented you from making sajda when I commanded you? What is Allah asking you? What was the reason Allah said that made? Why didn't you make sajda to them when I what? Did Allah said to say, why didn't you make sajda uh, when he's better than you? Why did you make sajda because he's created from soil better than fire? No, he didn't say either. Allah returned it back to his Amr. We only do what Allah Taala says, not because someone is more deserving, because Allah Taala is the one who commanded us. And this is the meaning of Islam and Rabudiyah. Islam is to submit and surrender to Allah Taala's commands. Because he knows best and he's our creator and our Lord. We worship him. So at least when he has to prostrate, he's only doing it because Allah told him. So Allah says, I want you to remember that one. And what did Iblis reply? He said, I'm better than him. Why? You made me from fire. And you made him from earth, from clay. 
and fire is better than earth. Who ever told Iblis that fire is better than earth? He made it up. Earth could be better than fire. Fire could be better than earth. Maybe they're the same. Maybe each has an independent view of superiority. But he made up a, a rule by himself. Fire is better than earth. This is called arrogance. It's when I say to you, I'm an Arab. You're a Turk. Arabs are better than Turk. Why? Turks are better than Arabs. Why? Hey, because I'm an Arab. I'm a Turk. That's it. I'm Indonesian. I'm Malaysian. I'm African. Doesn't matter. Why? Hey, because I am. He just made it up for nothing. Hey, for no reason. Ebenezer did the same thing. This is called arrogance. Pride. And Allah says, I commanded you, at least avoided, avoided what Allah said. He avoided the question. Allah didn't ask him. Allah didn't ask him, why did you not prostrate to him because of your personal opinion? Or did you think that you're better than him or he's better than him? Allah didn't ask him this any question except, why didn't you prostrate to him when I commanded you? That's what I want to know. I want to know why you disobeyed me. That's what Allah is saying. So in other words, yet at least, what made you disobey me? Why are you disobeying my command? I don't, I, you know, I don't care about what you think about Adam or who you think you are or what I've done. I want you, I want you to answer, why didn't you do what I told you to do? And he avoided the question, and this is how you know a liar from a truthful person. Avoids the question. And the Prophet Muhammad spoke about a hypocrite. He said, How do you know a hypocrite? He's a One of his traits is when he disputes with you, when you debate him about or argue about a subject, they explode. They avoid the question, they shout, they scream, they swear, they talk a lot, they walk away because and the false. Hypocrisy. Well you created him from soil. Allah said, without any more negotiations. He said, then get out of it. But come down. Which means, our Alamat said that he was in the sky. Iblis was up in the heavens. The word heaven is different to paradise. Iblis was in the heavens, so don't misunderstand it. Don't mix that with being in Jannah. Jannah is garden, or paradise, for those. Heaven just means the cosmos, the sky, space, somewhere up. Allah Only Allah knows. He was up there. And also he said, get down from your position. He had a high position. He was a worshipper of Allah. He loved Allah. All that stuff. He was a very pious man. Get out of this piety. Get out of this high position of honor. You are now among the lowest of the low. When you Disobey Allah deliberately with an open, direct command. And you are faced with unequivocal, unarguable facts. And directly from Allah, especially imagine if he's standing in front and you can't see Allah, but Allah's not telling him himself. Then he has destroyed his connection with Allah and denied his actual existence. He's denied his creation. He's denied Allah his Lord. If you deny that, then you're nothing. You're the lowest of the low. Who are you? You're nothing. Who made you to make yourself? You rely on yourself. Where you just follow your own desires? You're nothing. A nobody. Like a drunk person who follows their intoxication. 
He's lost his mind. He's no God. Inna kamina salihin. And then Iblis, as soon as he did that, he got so angry and boastful, he started arguing with Allah. So he says, said, okay, keep me alive until the day they are resurrected. When is the day that they are resurrected? The day of judgment, which means the world has to end and he wants to stay alive. He said, oh, he wants to die. And Allah replied, I will give you life. In another ayah, you will be left until the known day. And is the day of judgment. You're going to die with everyone else. <laughs> you want to try and get out of the world ending on you. I'm going to make an end on you. You're the last person to die almost. And I'm not going to make you escape death. You're going to face and you're going to come back to be the way I brought you to this world. Iblis, he then made a promise. Okay. See how you made me go lost? Iblis blamed Allah for making you go lost. Did Allah make you go lost? Allah gave a command. He made himself go lost. Blame. When a person is in the wrong, they blame others know that they're arrogant. Don't have that trait, brothers and sisters. I'm not meant to admit it for sake. Iblis now blames Allah. You see how you made him go astray? Allah didn't do anything to you. He's supposed to be obedient to Allah. You know how Allah is. You made me go astray. No, not me. You made me go astray. Why? Because you made this guy better than me. Why? Why? I'm from Fire Hexam. Why? I'm the best. I've been wishing you all my life. Why did you make him better than me? But Allah didn't tell him you made him better than me. He just said, prostrate. I've got a wisdom behind it. So now really he's defying Allah, not defying Adam. But he's blaming Allah, and now he wants to get back at who? He can't get back at Allah, so who's going to get back at? An angry, arrogant person like that who's enraged, you know what he does? He gets back at innocent people. He wants to kill people, destroy people. You know when a person's on drugs or intoxicated or it's got big problems, right? Or they're sentenced to, to imprisonment or whatever, and they're evil. Sometimes the shaitan makes them what? They want to take everyone down with them because of their guilt. I'm not going to go down by myself because they're angry with everyone. Serial killers and people who bomb and kill other people. These people, a lot of them, what are they? They want to get back at anyone for their own problems. If least wants to do that. He says, I will sit awaiting them, his children, the human beings, and await for them where? On your straight path. I'm going to do it. I'm going to sit waiting for them on your straight path. What does it mean on your straight path? You see the Islam that you bring to them, the Salat that you told them to do, all these guidance, beautiful guidance? I'm going to sit there waiting for them. I'm not going to go tell them to drink alcohol and eat pork and have zina and kill. Not yet, that comes later. I'm going to first of all ruin their deen for them. I'm going to sit when they're praying. And I'm going to tell them, look how the people are looking at you. Improve your prayer. Oh, you want to marry her? But her dad's religious. You've got to see her at the mosque, man. Go to the mosque so he can give you his daughter. How pretty she is. Yeah? Show off. What happens to that? You're not doing it for Allah anymore. You lose it. It's not going to be counted. I'm going to make them be so happy about their voice in the Quran so that they just do it for the people or for money only. And that's it. They're not going to think about it a lot. I'm going to make a person give sadaqah. So just to 
People can say, wow, look how, look how generous he is. I'm going to make a person who dies in your cause, people to build monuments that when, when he fights, he's only really fighting for himself, for glory, not for you. I'm going to make them lose. I'm going to make them feel as if they're religious, but they're not. Religious, but they're not. Like, I'm going to sit with them at the message, and when they finish their monthly prayer, I'm going to whisper, they're going to see someone that I'm like, and they're going to backbite. They're going to backbite you. They're going to fight in the message. But I'm going to make them fight over the rose that they send me. I'm going to make them not come close to each other because this one thinks he's better than the other. I'm going to make them fight over the Imam, over the Mu'addin, over the Quran, over everything. I'm going to make them fight. Where? Inside your circles of believers in religion. I'm going to make them debate on social media. I'm going to make them debate on um, Instagram, Snapchat, at school, at work, everywhere. For one reason. Just for their ego, so they can feel good. I'm going to sit waiting for them in your religion. But I'm going to treat them so bad that I'm going to tell them, wake up and pray my prayers. And when they pray my prayers, just before pleasure, when they're so tired, I'm going to tell them, sleep, give your body some rest. They sleep and they go to I'm going to make them focus on the lesser things and ignore the important things. I'm going to make them fight each other and they're going to act religious. Then he said, I'm going to come to them, approach them. How? From in front. I'm going to make the world, material, money, all that stuff, everything in front of them they can see. I'm going to make it so beautiful in front of them. I'm going to use it to destroy them. What's another way to destroy them? And I'm going to come from behind them. They're not going to know what hit them. I'm going to trick them from behind them. Manipulation. Through the media, through their friends through their ego, whatever it is. I'm going to come from their right. I'm going to approach them from their left as well. But this is what Allah says. He says, I shall come to them, in front of them, and behind them. But when he said on the right and left, he said, meaning, meaning from a distance. From a distance. Front and back, immediate. Distance from the right and left. Why? Because you have the malaika. The angels on the right and the angel on the left, they won't approach too close, they'll be from a distance with them. But from the front, what you see in front of you, he was going to destroy and try to delude you, everything you can see. And from behind you, you don't know what hit you. Psychologically, manipulation, doubts in your head. What if it's not right? What about stuff? I don't care what the whole religion is. I can't accept anything about it. My brothers and sisters in Islam, the time of prayer has come in, and inshallah, next week we will continue with lesson number three.